post-bulletin sports podcast but we are back and guy limbeck is here to talk all about high school boys basketball it's been a crazy first couple weeks of the season uh, we're starting to get to know these teams a little bit better and it's it's starting to get really fun guy like what, what's this been like just to have basketball back and just to get back out to some of these gyms even though it's different and just see some of these teams kind of compete a little bit yeah it's really exciting to have the, the players back in action i think they're all you know Little adjustments this year. The players have to wear masks while they're out there playing, but I think you know, seems for the most part, I've seen a game or two. I know you have two. Seems like the players are kind of adjusting to that, doing okay. Um, it's kind of weird being at some of these gyms where there's like few or no fans at all. So that's that's a little different, and I think the players are maybe having to get used to that too. The crowd noise, you know, you can't get ramped up, fired up if you're the home team, or you know, kind of kind of stick to the home crowd if you're the visiting team. So there's a adjustment period there and thing is you know you watch these games and if a coaches or players yell out you can hear stuff so that's that's kind of interesting to hear sometimes as well i feel like uh i feel like this is a really easy year to scout teams because there's video everywhere you can watch youtube links of all these games and then if you're if you're there you can hear every play call and everything that these guys are trying to do so i don't think there are many secrets or or sneaking into games or, or showing off some some new wrinkle that you you've been using the last few games like these coaches are picking up on it and picking up on it fast yeah, and I think that makes it. I think this could be a big uh, wave for the future. We might talk about that or write about that in our sports uh, staff in the near future here about you know the streaming of games. I think that's going to become a, a really popular thing. And uh, you know, you, you can just stay, you know used to if you wanted to scout a team, you had to you know if you're a coach for another team, you had to go to another gym, you know, miles away. Um, and now you can maybe you know pick up a stream and watch these games, you know, and even fans. It's great. You can watch all kinds of games from all around the area. So I think that's going to be a big boom in the future. Yeah, so let's kind of get into some of the takeaways that we've kind of seen early in the early going. Let's start in the Big Nine. Um, I, th- I think my biggest takeaway so far is that Century is really, really improved and really solid this year. I think, you know, when you graduate so many starters, it could be easy to think that uh, I think that uh, maybe a down season is coming. But kudos to that Century program for being ready and getting ready to go. Noah Diedrich's been awesome so far for the Panthers this year. Jaden Waisaki is a six foot six junior wing he's he looks really good and this this century team they just claw and scratch and fight out games they're six and two in the big nine right now which is really impressive yeah i think last year you know they had a couple of dominant scores this year they seem to be getting by really on a lot of great balance which is you know good to see mm-hmm. i know uh coach jacob better better really probably appreciates that you know they don't have that maybe one too big go-to guy you know, last year they had jack fisher was a pretty elite scorer and they lost like basically their starting five from last year. I think they have Peter Lynch was a kind of a part-time, you know, he's a big body guy, part-time guy last year. But so that's kind of good to see that they have some nice depth and some guys that really stepped up and made some contributions this season. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, I feel like this year they maybe haven't beaten the elite teams in the conference yet. Uh, they, they had a, a tight loss to Austin, tight loss to Oatana, but man, they, they just proved that they're competitive. They're going to defend uh, they're gritty. They're tough. They came back and hit a game-winning three to beat Red Wing. They found a way to come from behind and beat Winona. And so just those little things early in the year, is just like you can tell that that's a really well-coached team. Any other big takeaways from the Big Nine? I think, um, you know, Mayo's been a little down this year. John Marshall has some pieces, but they're still a little bit down. Uh, anything else that stuck out to you? 
Well, Austin, you know, another strong, you know, outing for the Packers. You know, I think they're off to maybe is it a five and two start, so they're a pretty good team again. And uh, as I recall, before the start of the season, uh, Coach Chris Fadness told me a player to watch there was Emmanuel. Um, Manion. Manion, yes, thank you. And, and he's a junior, and, and I think he's a junior six one guard, and he's really stepped up. He's averaging over twenty points a game. And Chris thought he'd be a good scorer and defender, and it seems like that's really the case with him. He's, you know, yeah. with him stepping in, that they haven't really missed much you know, of a beat from last year. They've got a couple other guys back, so the Packers are going to be solid again and a real force when the uh, one Triple uh, A sections play starts one triple a yeah yeah I, I'm this is kind of a deep cut but I've been really impressed with Red Wing it's weird to say that after a one and seven team but uh new coach Oliver Simmons has come in their first game they just get absolutely smacked by Austin 60 to 20 just don't get any offense but from that point on they have been tough like they lost to Winona by six. They lost to Northfield by two. They lost on a buzzer beater to Century. Mankato East, one of the best teams in the state, they lost two by six points. John Marshall, they were in that game and lost late. Owatonna, they lost by six. And then they just beat Albert Lee. So that's a team that's one and seven. It's like, man, I'm still super impressed by that Red Wing team and just how Oliver Simmons has come in and just brought, you know, I think he's brought balance. I think he's brought a, a really good uh, system to them. They're defending at a really high level and they find a way to stay in game. So that's a team that you better not look out or look over down in the year because they've proven they can play with everybody and eventually they're going to start getting over the hump and start beating some teams. Yeah, you mentioned their balance is kind of a big thing, I, I think, because la- last season is Dezo Buck. He averaged like 18, 19 points a game. And, you know, they didn't do very well. And they're not doing that great this year. But, you know, Desmond, he's only a junior this year. He's averaging, I think, under right around 10 or just under 10. So he's not their leading scorer this year. But they've got some other guys that are stepping up and making plays, yeah. scoring some baskets for him. So they're getting a little more, uh, way better balance than last year. And I think that's, you know, maybe it'll probably help down the future. Yeah. In the yeah. Near future. Yeah. Uh, let, let's move to the HVL and again, just to get some housekeeping in order later in the podcast, we're going to kind of go over some breakout players, some guys that we've watched, but in the HVL, I think, you know, coming into the year, I, I talked to all of these coaches and they were saying it's going to be Byron and Stewartville, Byron and Stewartville. That's what they said. And my God, were they right? Like Byron is just an elite team right now. And Stewartville, they're seven and one. Their only loss was on the road to Caledonia when they didn't have Nolan Steer and Bodie Meyer playing for them. Uh, I, I've just been so impressed with both of those teams. They meet on Friday. We'll, we'll, we'll like break that game down later in the podcast as well. That's going to be an elite matchup between the two best teams in the HVL. I, I just feel like HVL is just Byron and Stewartville 1-2, and then there's just a monster gap to that third best team. Yeah, well, they, a big gap, but those are two really high-quality teams in Class A. You know, they're both uh, you know highly regarded. I think they're ranked uh, – well, maybe Byron, I don't know if they're ranked yet, but Storville is ranked number four, right behind Caledonia, which is number three. So those are some, uh, you know, actually uh, Byron's playing triple A, aren't they? In yeah. 3A. But, you know, those are two, you know, the two class teams of the HVL right now. And a team that I thought, I think that's kind of come on, you know, I thought they might be down a little bit this year since they lost so much last year was Lake City. But they've rebounded uh, and, and they're pretty strong. I think they're leading the HVL Blue. 
division, and uh, Justin Wheelers has really stepped up and had a big year for them. Yeah, Justin Wheelers has been awesome. Uh, Hunter Lawrenson's another guy that we can kind of touch on with some of those breakout guys. He's a young freshman, looks really good. But again, like I agree with you. Like Cities looked impressive. They found ways to grind out some victories. And then when they played Byron, they got beat by 40. And it's just like, that's just kind of the league this year. And I think that Lake City team is is a rising one. And if you haven't looked, Nate Heisey's been playing great for, for uh, Northern Iowa, right? But he's got a little brother coming up in the system that can hit the three really well too. Really long and athletic. So that Lake City team is going to be solid this year they're definitely going to finish above 500 and be really good but i think in the coming years they're going to really grow into a, a really really good team I, I think i think they're really well coached greg Berge does a good job there he, he really does yeah he doesn't they don't really seem to uh rebuild they just kind of reload there mm-hmm. seems like every three or four years they've got some of those sophomores and freshmen that are almost coming in and making an impact on the varsity right. and they kind of build and grow by the time those guys get to be juniors and seniors they're really tough you know, another team that's been really surprising in, in the HVL is Triton. That was a team that they thought they could possibly put it together, but they hadn't won a lot. They got to get over the hump and learn how to win. They're they're showing that this year. They're five and three. They're two and one in the HVL blue. They're tied atop the HVL blue with good hues. So that's a that's an interesting team. I think that, you know, they, they have some scores there. Heaven Quimby is a pretty good player. They got some others there that can really play. And then uh, you know, I think I think with Triton, like it comes down to their defense. They've just allowed a lot of points every every game, but man, they can score. And when you can shoot the three and you can and you can uh, run it up and get almost eighty a night, that, that'll win you some games. It sure will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say this: there's two teams here that I feel like I just ha- I don't have a good feel for, and that's Casson Manorville and and Lourdes. Right? Those are both teams that were picked probably to finish in the top five, top six in the conference, if you were kind of ranking all the teams in the conference. And Lourdes is 1-5, and five, and Kasson is 0-7. And, and the big reason is just because their best two players on each team are hurt. And Jace Bigelow was hurt for Kasson, and he missed most of the game, or most of the first five or six games. He just got back. And then Peyton Dunham for Lourdes was out for multiple weeks. So it just feels like those two teams are scuffling right now, but they're still dangerous because now their best players are starting to come back. Peyton will be back on Friday, and, and Jace is already back. And if, if they can start putting it back together, they can play like a you know a top-tier HVL team, even though they don't have the record that they or that they wanted you know in the preseason yeah they have a potential to be better but you know they're in that stacked hbl gold division with stewartville and byron so there's 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 no way that those teams are going to climb back you know in, into the uh the race the division race there but you know you never know they could make some noise in the postseason they're both in one section one double a which is really a stacked class again this year and uh, Lake City, you know, from the HVL Blue is also in one AA. So those teams, they're, they're the kind of team that could be a sleeper in the playoffs. But it's not like I don't think they're going to be able to yeah. make a big, deep run just because there's so many good teams. Before we move to the Three Rivers, let's let's. I have a fun stat. Uh, Kenyon Wanamingo, they had lost 72 of their last 74 HVL games coming into this season. And they've already won a couple games this year, a couple HVL games this year. That's that's really impressive. Really, really impressive. That team is loaded with some scores. They're going to give some teams some trouble. I don't think they're going to, you know, I don't know if they'll finish above 500 this year, but they can play. They can really play. And they knocked off a, a, a solid Triton team that was off to a 5-1 and one start. Yeah, they've had a number of years with 
losses with 20 plus losses in a season. And I think they're sitting like three and four right now. So that's not too bad. You know, if they can hover around the 500 mark, you can kind of build and keep going there. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole lot better than, you know, losing 20 games in the season. So I think they have a chance to, to be, you know, pretty solid in, in the near future for a few years. Yeah. Let's go to the three rivers. Uh, this is Caledonia's league. We're just living in it, right? Like that's just, that's just kind of how it is. And Caledonia doesn't have Eli King. They lose Austin Klug and they still, proved to be really really good they beat Stuartville they came from behind down 10 and came back and beat Stuartville um and they're just they're just loaded they're just loaded Andrew Cornelius has been one of the best players maybe the most improved player in the state uh Sam Privet's been good Casey Schultz is a beast and they're rolling they are rolling even though they don't have Klug and they don't have King although King's gonna be out for the year but Klug should be back soon uh, Brad King, the head coach at Caledonia, told me it's just an ankle. He rolled an ankle probably out a couple weeks, so it'll be good to get him back, but they're they're good regardless. It's amazing how good this team can be, even though they don't have their two best players. Yeah, I talked to Austin, you know, just uh, prior to, to, to covering or to, uh, doing a preview on, uh, on that game of Storville, and by the time I talked to him and by the time the game played, he had rolled his ankle and he didn't get to play in that game, and, and he was telling me that you know, that uh, he kept going like, oh, yeah, we've got these guys, you know, like this guy can come in and score whenever he wants. And this guy can come in and score whenever he, wa- he wants. You know, lots of times, you know, you, you hear players say that. It's like, yeah, but can they really do that? And then, you know, a player like a high-quality player like him goes out, and then they have just a couple other guys. The game that you mentioned, uh, or, or Casey Schultz, you know, I think the game that you covered there, as Casey Schultz came in and had a huge game, and he's not a – and normally a big score, but he proved he could you know play like that. So it's it's kind of guys like that. They just got a just a plethora of people that can just step up and score. I I just really am I'm so impressed with the way they buy into their roles, right? Like when they're all healthy, Casey Schultz is there to be a rebounder, to play defense, and to hustle. That's that's his job. But in the back of his mind, he's got to know that if he was playing for some of these other teams, he'd be their ace, their alpha, their number one dude, and put up 20 points a game. And I just. I'm just really impressed with the way they buy into roles, and then when it's their time, they're ready to go. And Casey was ready to go, and Will Cheddar dropped 20 points and 13 rebounds on him in the first half, was hitting every jumper, and Casey came out in that second half and hit two threes right away from the corner and attacked off the rim, uh, off the bounce to the rim for a couple reverse layups that, that gave Caledonia a big spurt, and he held Will to only 11 points in the second half. Like, that's that's pretty impressive. That's really only a couple field goals, too, for Will Cheddar in that second half. So I just, I'm just so impressed with the way they buy into roles and play defense and just just do their job, and, that, and that's what it comes down to. They're really good at doing their job. And they have that depth where, you know, they like to play a, a pressing, you know, trapping defense on teams. And if you got guys like that that you can bring off the bench, keep your guys fresh, that you're really going to wear down teams, especially in the second half. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Plainview, Elgin, Millville uh, got smacked by, by Caledonia, too. They made that final score look a little bit better. I think it was like a 15-point final deficit. Caledonia was up by 30 in that game a lot for most of that game. But ever since then, Pem has really bounced back and come on strong. You've watched them live one time. You know, kind of, kind of coming in the year, it's thought this could be a two-man team with Connor Schumacher and Blake Herber. But Connor Schumacher has a little brother, Peyton, that's been really good, too. And, and that, that's a big boom for them to have that third elite score uh, along with Herber and Connor. Yeah, I saw that game at Peyton Schumacher. He had a really excellent game that that night. I think he scored about twenty. Uh, he's kind of you know he's not a real big guy, uh, maybe around six foot or a little under, but he's a quick guy to kind of get to the basket and he you know 
create some havoc for a defense. I think so that he's a really great scoring a third option. And you know, by the end of the year, he might be even, you know, mm-hmm. number two. And uh, it's pretty close between, you know, I think him and Herbert. So they're, they're all, they're all through those, the two Schumachers and Herbert are all really capable scorers. Yeah. And Herbert, he scored like 20 a game last year. And I think his average is down this year, where you think he's having a bad year. I think it's just the other guys that maybe elevated their game a little bit. So you don't, yeah. need him to score quite as much as they did last year. And eventually I feel like Blake is going to tear somebody up. You know what I mean? Like he's going to have one of those just like where he just gets to the line 15, 16 times. It's like, it's a couple threes and just tear somebody up. So that's coming. Um, another team that's really impressed, impressed me in the three rivers is Chatfield. Reed Johnson is a player. He had 35 in one game, bounced back another game at like 27. He is an absolute stud. They've surrounded him with good talent. They got David Castleberg back their big man inside, which has been a huge boon for them. And they're five and one, they're five and one. Their only losses to Caledonia. Breaking news: Everybody's going to get beat by Caledonia this year. Chat feels really good, really, really good. Yeah, yeah, that, that's five and one in the conference for Chatfield. I think they're six and one overall. And they, that uh, the Caledonia game that was the first game of the year. So since then, they've won six straight. So yeah, the Gophers are really coming on. Yep. Um, a couple others that we can touch on here in the Three Rivers. I think Rushford Peterson, Justin Ruberg's really good. La Crescent has been a really nice surprise there. Uh, Ryan Thibodeau does a good job. They're balanced, right? They don't maybe have one alpha, but they're balanced, and they do a really good job of getting the best out of team, uh, out of themselves. And then in St. Charles, just have an absolute sniper in, in Cooper Vaughn, an absolute sniper, 63 points in a game for Cooper Vaughn earlier this year. That's just nuts. Yeah, and due to some uh, COVID issues over there, St. Charles—they've only played three games this year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, they, they, you know, they're probably still working in, you know, getting their legs under them and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. And of course, they've lost. You know, Drew Mahoney uh, blew out his knee, I think it was, and you know, during football, and now he's out for the season, right? So yeah. he's—that's a big loss for them. But Cooper Vaughn, yeah, he's—he's uh, he's an elite scoring guy. Any other teams that have stood out to you uh, throughout the first couple weeks of the season? Well, Lewiston's not, a, you know, a pretty solid team as, as well. I, you know, they're kind of getting maybe lost a little bit in that deep three rivers, but they've got some nice weapons too. Um, Thomas Mank, he's a really nice scorer, and uh, Colin Bono. Uh, so they they got some win. Uh, Sam Block, they got some guys too. Maybe not in depth overall as some of these other teams, but they're they're a quality team as well. Mank is, can really shoot the three, can he? Just a great well, splash shooter. Yeah, yeah, he's a nice player. He can uh, create a lot of stuff. He's got a bigger body on him, about six foot four, so he can, uh, yeah, he can do some stuff. Yep. Only a junior too, so I expect him to. I mean, he's obviously having a big year this year, but he's going to be a really big com- contributor for them next year as well. All right, let's get into. Unless you have any, th- do you have any thoughts on the Southeast Conference? Uh, anything crazy there? Or I mean, Spring Grove's really well, good. Lyle Pacelli's well, yeah, really good. Sp- yeah, yeah, yeah. Spring Grove is just a really good team. You know, they got. Uh, you know, Wade Grindy, the coach there, and he's got two sons playing on the team. Um, you know, Caden, he's uh, their top scorer. He's about 20 points a game. Now they've got a younger, you know, a younger uh, brother, too. That's the third third in the line of the boys there. So they're going to be a very tough team in that uh, Section 1A tournament. And they are, I believe, they're the, yeah, the elite team in the SEC. Uh, Lyle Pacioli's got some really good, a lot of good scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they got some good depth there. So they could be some uh, team to contend with as well. And Grand Meadow proved last year that they're 
absolutely deserve to be in the conversation too because they have an absolute stud, maybe the best player in the conference, and I'm blanking on his name. Why am I blanking on Grand Meadows' stud's name? Uh, hold on. Cole I, Anders. Yeah, duh, idiot. I, I should have <laughs> known that. Yeah, he's he's great. He's really great. So yeah. they, they, they'll they defend. They'll defend at a high level, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them make a run once the postseason comes around. All right, let's get into some of these breakout players. Well, 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 oh, go ahead. Before you do that, you know, a one eighteen. They're not in this SEC, but Hayfield. They play in the Gopher Conference, but they got a couple of really elite guys at Ethan Sloth, Slothog. Slothog. Um, he's averaging, a, a, uh, yeah, he's averaging about twenty six a game. Isaac Maddy. He's right around uh, just under twenty two. So they got two really elite mm-hmm. scores, and so they're a team that's going to be a really cont- a contender too in that uh, one. Uh, you know, not the SEC, but the one Section One A tournament. And Easton Fritcher is a really good baseball player. Um, already has a couple offers uh, from Big Ten schools, like Minnesota's offered him for baseball, and he's been really good for them too. And uh, and that, that's a bad miss by me because Hayfield is is an elite team. Like if if all right, if we're looking at the Section One A tournament right now, is Hayfield the favorite? You think they'd probably be my favorite. They might be, but you know that that. Uh... Spring Grove is awful good too. I think that'd be a really nice matchup to see. You know, I would say those are the top two teams right now. Um, so yeah, I would go with those guys one and two. Maybe I might give a slight edge to Spring Grove right now, but um, that could change as the season goes on. Yeah, yeah. That Hayfield team, that Hayfield team, like their record is like six and two or six and three right now and they've lost to maple river twice and that's a really good maple river team so i I don't think they have anything to worry about in the long term i guess southland could be in that conversation too they're they're a really good team they have ethan fortun back he's averaged over 20 points a game and they're five and one so far this year so uh, yeah i mean this that section 1a is going to be a beast it's going to be an absolute beast with a three or four teams that can win it but i'm with you i think spring grove hayfield that would be a dandy That'd be an absolute dandy of a Section 1A final. Yeah, and another team that's from our area, we, met, we touched on Austin, uh, or, yeah, Lyle Austin Pacelli a little bit too. They're in that Section 1A. They're a pretty solid team. Uh, a team that's maybe a little bit of our, out of our area, but they're in the SEC as Randolph. They're a pretty solid team this year too. Again. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of coming into the year in the preseason, it's easy to regurgitate a lot of names. Like with, with Stuartville, it's like Nolan Steer and Will Cheddar, right? Byron, it's a Johnny Lee and Jake Broughton. Um, you know, Lake City, we knew Justin Wollers was going to be good. Caledonia, it's Austin Klug and, and Eli King. And so the beauty of this year is just kind of seeing some new names and new faces come in and prove themselves and show show what they can do. And let's let's kind of touch on some of these breakout guys. I know for Mayo, a big one has been Makuai Reek. He's been awesome. 25 points. In the game last week, he's averaging almost 16 points a game, long, athletic, can shoot it, can dunk it, can play great in transition. So he's he's really stood out to me. And any others that have stood out to you, some of these breakout guys that we didn't we didn't necessarily see this coming yet? Yeah, a couple guys that we've 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 touched on a little bit in our, our previous discussion about teams, but there's a guy from Southland, Ethan uh Forkland. He's uh, averaging just under 20 points a game this year. I think he's had a really nice year. We mentioned uh, that Can- uh, Kenyon Watermango team that had been basically winless, you know, just won a couple games these last couple years. Uh, they have Layden uh, Nyerson and Trevor Steenberg. Those guys are both averaging well over 15 a game. Uh, Layden 18.7 and Trevor 16.7. So those guys are, are, are two guys, you know, from maybe not traditionally really strong teams, but kind of up and coming guys. Yeah. We mentioned Red Wing too. 
Um, they had Deso Buck a year ago, but this year, you know, Danville Atkinson stepped up and he's leading their team in scoring. And uh, there's just a couple of guys for me, uh, anybody that's jumping out for you. Yeah, I think when I went and watched Byron, it's just like, you know, a Johnny Lee's awesome and a big, big time threat on the interior. Jake Broughton's obviously a stud. He dropped 45 points the other day against Triton. That's just a just an unbelievable performance. But their depth is what's really good. Easton Hokey has been awesome this year. He He's a guy that could score 20 if he was on a different team. He's averaging 7.8 points per game. He can dunk it, strong, athletic, can do it out, do it all on the floor. Isaac Dearborn's a really good shooter for Byron. He's been really good. And then another one who's come off the bench and started to play good is Jackson Marine. He was 6'3". He, uh, he had 14 points against Lake City in their opener, had a couple dunks. So it just feels like this that Byron team is, you know, they have the star power to, to win games. But I think the reason why they're so good is because of their depth and their athleticism. And guys like Hulky and Dearborn and the rest of the crew, Marine, have just really, really been impressive early. Yeah, Marine, he's my next-door neighbor. I see him out there uh... – you know, playing basketball all the time. He's they got a hoop in the driveway. He's always out there shooting. So I know he gets his shots in, that's for sure. Yeah. Another guy from the HVL, uh, you mentioned the team, Cash and Manor, they're kind of off to a rough start this year. They've been missing Jace Bigelow a lot. But Camden Holchek, he stepped up. He had a 35-point game against Stuartville last week in a kind of a wild, crazy game in which Will Cheddar scored 48 and Nolan Steer came back, and he scored 30. That must have just been a crazy game to see. Yeah, that's nuts. That's nuts. Uh, I hope you took the over in that game, because I think the final was 94-78, one of the two. Like, just a lot 90, of... Yeah, 93-73. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a so, lot of buckets. That's a lot of buckets. And that, that's good for, for uh, Cass and Vanderbilt. Another one there, they have another Strauss kid coming up who's been awesome for them this year. Just plays a lot of defense, uh, great passer, good athleticism. So look out for that kid coming up um, throughout the next couple years. Um, I don't know if I would call this guy a breakout guy just because – you know, there were high expectations for him, and he was going to kind of take over the role as a leader for this Mayo team. But Mo, Hem- or Mo Hemadelniel has been really good this year, really, really good. Can shoot the three, um, averaging 16 points a game, good in transition, good passer. That Mayo team's going to get things right eventually. They're just they just they're trying to figure out new roles, it feels like, after losing two, you know, all-world talents, right? Like the the the, the Twins, the Madsen Twins are just awesome players. It's not easy to rebuild and be good right away after losing two guys like that. No, it's not, but Mayo did have some guys coming back. You mentioned Mo. Uh, they also had Michael Sharp guard back from last year. He's a senior this year. He's a double-figure scorer for him, so he's a pretty, you know, he's another solid player back. They also have Andre Crockett Jr., a big, uh, he played a lot for him last year. He's a, more of a, a little bit more of a role player in terms of scoring, but he's really athletic and solid and can jump. So Mayo's got some weapons there. So I think you know the Spartans have some talent. They can make some noise down the stretch here. So it'll be interesting to see if they gel and can really play well as a team. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, one other guy that I really like, uh, and it's not just because he scores a lot. It's not he, he doesn't score a lot, but Eli Clavetter from Stewartville is does all the little things for the Tigers. I mean, you know, he had a game where he scored 10 points against Caledonia without, without steer there and without Bodie Meyer, but you know, he just defends, he rebounds, he's tough. He's great defensively. He's so long and active and he's a great passer. And you know, those type of guys, like you don't need, you don't need, um, 
an elite offensive weapon all the time. Sometimes you just need those glue guys that can make you win, right? That can help you win. And Clovetter does that. And he just buys into his role. Like everybody knows that Stuartville that in Stuartville that Steer and Cheddar are going to score, you know, probably 70 points a night. And Clovetter's fine with that. He doesn't feel like a need to go get jack up 25 shots and get 30. He's cool with doing his thing. And he's been, he's been really impressive. He's been really impressive. Yeah. Speaking of that, you know, you don't need to jack up a lot of shots. The one thing that's kind of, you know, you mentioned what's stood out this year is there's been a couple of really, really high-scoring games in the area this year. Of course, Cooper Vaughn dropped a 63-point game in the first game of the year. Will Cheddar has a 48-point game. Jake Broughton has a 45-point game. There's been a number of 30-plus games. I think, you know, mentioned the 35-point uh, game from the, Stur- or, uh, the, the Cass Manorville guy. I think Lee Johnson maybe had a, no, Marcus Banks had a 33 point game. I think Lee Johnson's had a 30 plus point game. So there's been some really big scoring games by some individuals so far this season. You know what that tells me? They were in the gym throughout the quarantine and they were ready to roll when this season got going. They've been itching to play and now they get their chance and they're ready to go. Maybe, maybe it also speaks to the fact that there hasn't been as much defense in years past. <laughs> Well, maybe not. Maybe the you know you get a little defended or a little more winded on defense with your man ask. It's just like you know how I, that's the way I used to play. I used to save my energy for offense, right? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, I will say this though: I think some of these area teams are playing at a faster pace. So there's more possessions, more opportunities. I think pace really goes into that and kind of buying into what this college game has turned into. A lot more pace. A lot more threes, understanding what high-value shots are. Threes and layups are the best shots right now. And some of these elite players are kind of buying into that. And then Will Cheddar's over here also having this mid-range fadeaway pull, uh, mid-range jumper that's just unguardable and dirty every time. It's just like it's crazy to see how skilled and offensively some of these teams can be. Yeah, I I think, you know, players prefer to play an up-tempo game. The bad thing is you got to be in shape to keep doing that, you know, for the – the full, uh, you know, the, the full game, but it, that's what benches are for. So I think guys are maybe going to go hard when they are out there, you know, get those shots when they get them. And I, I think the coaches are maybe a little more, you know, adverse about, or they're okay with saying, Hey, you know, go, if you got an open look, jack it up or right. not, don't jack it up, but you know, you got a good open look, just take your three, take the shot. Yeah. You yeah. know, let's get some points in transition. Do just, let's just keep this pace moving. Agreed. And then throughout this whole time, Goodhue is fine with slowing it down and grinding out games and possessions and, and finding ways to win that way. So it's like, it's just, it's weird. You're going to see some contrasting styles uh, when, when some of these teams meet up for sure. It's, it's been really fun. All right. You get the pleasure on Friday. I, I got lucky last Friday. I got to go down to Stewart or go down to watch Caledonia and Stewartville. And even though guys were out, it was still a high level game. You get the favor this week. You're going to cover Byron at Stewartville, uh, matchup of the HBO Powers. We touched on it a little bit. How excited are you for this game? Yeah, that should be really fun to see. You got two Division One guys that are probably going to be going at each other pretty good. You know, elite, just a dominating elite scorer, and Will Cheddar. You know, the six eight guy from Stewartville, big body, and then you have the six eight six nine athletic Johnny Lee from Byron, who he's only a junior. He's not the scorer that uh, Will is, obviously, but he's uh, very athletic, long, excellent defensive guy, you know, blocks like three, four shots a game. So that's going to be interesting to see how they go at each other. And uh, as, as good as Johnny is on defense, I'm pretty sure that Will's going to get his points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, feel, I, I don't know 
like somebody texted me during the during the while they were watching the Stuartville Caledonia game, and they said Will is on a Matt Hurt type of level right now, where it's just like he's just gonna get his. He's just too good right now. But if anybody can stop him or at least try to hope to contain him, I think a Johnny Lee can. And the big thing too that that Byron has is they just have a load of depth that they can throw at Stuartville. And sometimes the problem with Stuartville occasionally can be that they run out of ball handlers, right? And Nolan Steer has to handle a lot of that. And then when Steer was out, Cheddar was the one who was playing a lot of the point guard uh, spot. So if Byron can maybe get Steer in foul trouble, then maybe their athleticism, especially with their guards, can can maybe hound Stuartville's other guards a little bit too much, a little bit and maybe cause some issues. But I think that's going to be a high-level game. If Stewartville's making their threes, Byron's going to have to really ramp up their game because that, that's their issue too. Byron doesn't shoot the three at, at a super high clip. And if, if Will's rolling and, and steers it in eight threes like he was against Gasson, like, boy, that's going to be tough. And, and Byron better be ready to go. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see. You know, we mentioned that Johnny Lee's he's not the big scorer, but obviously uh, Jake Broughton, he is the elite scorer for Byron. And he's the guy that guy that he's got a good mid-range jumper you know he's maybe like a six-foot guard but he can really penetrate it and get to the ball of the basket that'll be interesting to see you know you got that you've got will cheddar's the last line of defense there too you know, we touched on his scoring but he I mean, he is just he is a excellent defender too he gets a lot of rebounds he can block shots so if you're taking the ball inside the uh, against Stewartville, you got to contend with Cheddar's defense. And Cheddar's not alone in that defense. They have some length. Miles Hedinger is six foot seven. He can p- patrols the paint, and then Clavetter six four six five. He's really long too. So you have three guys in there that are over six four. And if Bodie Myers back, he's six four six five. Like you have four guys that can really pr- like protect the paint and really protect the rim, especially. So that Stewartville defense, like we can talk about Will and, and Nolan and ninety eight points and all that stuff they can guard they can really guard and they can give some teams some troubles defensively and you look back to last year Byron and and Stewartville had a couple really good games Byron lost both of those games but they're both close and that one last year in late February Stewartville 54 Byron 52 in in a great game so I'd expect that game on Friday to come right down to the last last couple possessions last couple minutes in that second half yeah, Byron coach Kyle Finney. He maybe he want to he might want to slow the pace a little bit more in this one. You don't want to get into a, maybe like a super high scoring game with uh, Stewartville just because Cheddar's you know he's got that ability that like you said he can hit the two or he can step out and hit three. He can score a lot of points in a hurry, much the way you know, Matthew Hurt used to be able to do. You, you know, you'd hold him, you'd seem like he'd have five ten points. The next thing you know, you look up, he's got twenty. So yeah, uh, yeah. see, so, you know, Byron might want to keep that maybe a little more low scoring. Okay, you got to give a prediction. For that game, who do you got and why? Wow, I, I just think that uh, you know I'm just going to have to go with Storville. You got the one, just the best guy, you know, on the team right there or in the game right there, in Will Cheddar. I think he's just going to be too much to stop. I think he's going to get his 30 points, and uh, the Tigers are going to win by maybe like uh, five to seven points. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you. I think that. I think that we're at a stage right now where Will's just going to get 28 at the minimum. And if you can hold him under 28, maybe that's a win for you. And you just have to try to find a way to take everybody else out. And Byron can do it. I think Byron defensively can really play with him. And athletically, they they might give Stuartville some trouble. But I think Steer being back is huge. And if he comes back as a man on a mission to really play play well, he could be really good. And it's just gonna, I feel like this supporting cast, it's going to come down to the supporting cast. If, if Byron's supporting cast is good and outplays Stuartville's supporting cast, 
then Byron's going to win. But I, I'll side with the best player right now, Stuartville by a nose. But I, I think this could be – I wouldn't be shocked at all if Byron wins. I would not be shocked one bit. <laughs> well, hopefully my neighbors aren't listening to this uh, podcast now since I've picked Stuartville to win. <laughs> but, yeah, I think the Tigers maybe have a little bit too much. You mentioned that, you know, Steer coming back, he missed some time. Last year, he, or last game he came back and he dropped 30 for him, which is, you know, it might have been – it probably was a career high. So I think he came back on the mission right there. So if he's able to even come – you know, if he can get half that many points against Byron, keep – you know, keep the ball under control. He's a very good ball handler. I think that uh, that uh, is going to be in good shape that way. I think we're lucky, man. I think we're really lucky to have this type of talent in our area and get to cover these type of games. It, it makes our job a lot more fun, a lot more fun when we get to cover these high-level games. It's really nice because last year there was just – a or last couple of years, there's just been a, an amazing amount of, you know, great players in this area – and you, you kept kind of, kind of thinking like, oh boy, well, okay, after this little surge, it's going to drop off here. But no, it's there's other guys coming in, stepping up, and they're you know high-level players. It just seems to be there's getting to be more you know good to great players in the area, which is really fun to see because that just you know it kind of makes everybody have to elevate their program a little bit. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Guy Limbeck, you are the goods. Thanks for joining us on the Post Bulletin Sports Podcast. We'll have plenty more content coming on the website this week. Thanks so much for listening.